This is Marco Reus. This is Shinji Kagawa. This is Nuri Shahin. Hello, this is Jaden Sancho. And you're listening to the Yellow Wall Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 325 of the Yellow Wallpots. I'm your host Stefan Butzko and today we will talk about Borussia Dortmund's 2-0-1 away to VfL Wolfsburg and the much-anticipated clash between second and first in the Bundesliga, Dortmund against Bayern. And for all that and more joins me Matthias Zug. Hello Matthias, it's a lonesome twosome here. How are you doing? I am doing all right. It's good to be with you here. I'm recording on a Sunday, a little bit something different. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing quite well. Um, I've uh, heard that uh, we are on a time constraint because you will have to be rushed to the hospital after very harsh deficiency of oxygen after laughing at Schalke all morning. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that's. I do have to go to the hospital. It's not for me, but uh, yeah, it's. Um, yeah. <laughs> Schalke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, in the Rückrundentabelle, they are 17th right now. Uh, nine winless games in a row for the Royal Blues. Uh, obviously not the subject of our podcast, but still funny after that uh, hilarious 3 nothing loss against FC Augsburg. So, uh, you know, uh, we, we need to have this little time to gloat. Um, but anyway, um, also... Another good news, this episode is sponsored by the Borussia Dortmund Fan Club London. Thank you very much to the guys and girls from London. And uh, if you also want to sponsor an episode, go to patreon.com slash wall for more information. Anyway, without any further ado, Matthias, Dortmund kept the pressure on Bayern, if you will. Uh, the gap still remains four points with a 2-0 win. In Wolfsburg, um, I thought it was a very difficult game and a very mature performance, I have to say, from both teams. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, uh, looking at it, Wolfsburg would have deserved to make my scoreline prediction correct, 2-1. Uh, but they didn't deserve to win. I don't think they deserve to get a point out of this just because at the end of the day, aside from a 10-minute spell-ish in the second half, they didn't do much to really trouble Dortmund defensively or Bürki and goal from an attacking standpoint of creativity and goals. What they did do, and very, very well, which Glasna does very well, is obviously disrupting the build-up play from Dortmund. Very aggressive press, extraordinarily disciplined and good positional play, making so few... Uh, mistakes uh, and, and leaving so little room for Dortmund to really play their intricate passes, their off-the-ball movements, obviously adding a level of physicality that we'll talk about uh, to, to help that as well. What hurt Wolfsburg is when the few times that they had the ball, because I think they only had, what, 40% possession-ish uh, overall, was when they actually had the ball, they didn't really do much. They they lumped the ball forward or played a lot of crosses in to Vekos and Ginchek, who are 
you know, your prototypical quote unquote big target man striker, uh, but they're not really known to get in behind guys. They're not really going to beat Akanji and so on for pace. And so it seemed like just a lacking of ideas when they had the ball. When they didn't have the ball, they had a lot of ideas and they did it extremely well. And I will give them credit for that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you, you're right with the uh, analysis. I think even Lutz Fanstiel, the color commentator on Fox, uh, said that, uh, you know, playing both with Daniel Ginczek and Ward Weghorst uh, as your uh, two target men, it's it's very hard to get in behind the back line. And uh, Dortmund really didn't uh, offer too much either. And uh, I think this is very well reflected in the expected goals. It's 0.6 to 0.8. So Dortmund just edged it slightly, but really goes to show again uh, how efficient this Dortmund team is and how, how much they're overperforming their expected goals. And uh, again, uh, there were a total of three shots on target. Dortmund had two and converted both of them. And uh, I think the total of shots was uh, 13. So, yeah, not a very eventful game. And, um, you know, Haaland <laughs> had what I would call his decoy game. He had zero shots. He had 26 touches which uh, still would have been a lot for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, but uh, yeah, it's it, it wasn't a game where he could really shine. And I, I, I think uh, David Brooks uh, did quite well to, to nullify him, but just also Dortmund not really uh, targeting him. And you have to say, uh, sometimes Haaland needs a couple of good moments at the very start of the game, and when he doesn't have those, uh, he sort of tries to make up for it and then overcompensates and then, you know, tries to be too spectacular but um yeah anyway uh what were your thoughts on uh Lucien Favre starting the same 11 that beat Schalke well I mean it's Favre so at the end of the day I wasn't overly shocked I wouldn't I didn't go into it going oh my god how could he not have made any changes um yeah I mean if Hummels now has an injury that keeps him out of Tuesday, you may go, oh, he should have rested more players. But Hummels was always going to start. We were all in agreement on that uh, on the last episode. So starting the same formation, uh, I the same, not formation, but the same players, I can't really disagree with it. Um, it, it played the way it had to. It gave certain players a chance then to come on and gain a little bit of fitness and uh, play a little bit of a rhythm. You know, Gio Reyna came on, Sancho came on, Chan came on, obviously, for the injured homeless. And I think he played very, very well in that position, uh, I might say. And he, it, and it, it played well, of course, uh, with how Wolfsburg played. So, no, I, I think uh, no issues there. I don't think Erling Haaland's going to be overly tired uh, <laughs> no. from, from that performance. Um, I thought playing and keeping in mind that Chan and maybe Witzel will be back for the Bayern game, possibly. So sticking with Delaney Dahoud makes sense. Uh, you know, then having to bring on Chan wasn't necessarily his plan, but I think overall it worked out. I thought Dahoud overall played well. And uh, I listened to the Rasenfunk uh, this last weekend after the match, and somebody mentioned that, you know, Dahut always has this reputation of being really good in training. <laughs> Trainingsweltmeister is the word, exactly. right? Exactly. Yep, in Gladbach and at Dortmund. And then somehow, once the pressure is there, he kind of collapses. 
Well, the pressure's not there from outside, so I think he suffers a bit from that mental, psychological block of having to perform, performance anxiety, in front of, you know, 80,000, or in Voicebook case, maybe 15,000 on a good day. Um, no, I kid. It's, what, 30,000, 40,000 maybe they get. Um, they that, that maybe there's that mental block, and he played well. He still has the Dahoot moments, it was the 52nd minute, because I noted it down. He was in an <laughs> excellent position. Holland was perfectly positioned. He just had to play a not-too-difficult pass to Holland, and he would have been in and probably scored, and instead he completely overhit the pass. He rushed it mentally. You could just see it, and I think that's Dahoot's greatest weakness in those moments, that when it's on, he just doesn't quite do it but he's doing the job against two uh you know Schalke was just crap um but he did well <laughs> against is. the very it still is against the very aggressive pressing uh from Wolfsburg's side and so I I have to, I actually will give Dahoud some credit uh he's played well and I look forward to him continuing to play like that when and if needed Mudahut had uh, the second most pressures of the team, uh, 17, Torgen Hazard had 18 and uh, Dahoud was also leading the team in blocks. Obviously, if you pressure a lot, you get to block passes and, and shots and he had five blocks. Uh, shout out to Thomas Delaney who was leading the team in uh, interceptions with five. So um, Dortmund's double pivot doing actually quite well there. Um, and yeah, uh, once again, I, I think you can really praise Wolfsburg for the defensive effort. I mean, now after this game, they're the tied fourth best defense together with Dortmund on uh, 33 goals against. And uh, I mean, the 1-0 that Dortmund scored, I think it preceded like 30 or 40 seconds of possession by Dortmund just probing Wolfsburg. I mean, around the half-hour mark, Dortmund really got very confident with the ball and uh, we're shifting around and uh, it's always nice to see how they then crafted this goal. Um, a bit lucky, I guess, that uh, <laughs> Haaland completely missed the shot because uh, then Guerrero had a nice tap-in and yeah, it, it was a bit uh, shaky after the halftime when uh, Renato Stefan had this one big chance popping up in front of Roman Berkey, but since he scuffed that shot, there wasn't much else coming out of Wolfsburg and I think Dortmund dealt quite well, especially after having to compensate and readjust playing without Mats Hummels. I think that's obviously a, a big change to your structure and overall uh, build-up in ball retention. So uh, well done overall. You know, had to shithouse a, a little bit, but uh, I, I think that's fine. And uh, having then Jaden Sancho as a substitute who can do the things that Jaden Sancho does and uh, set up the second goal for Achraf Hakimi also nice, and uh, obviously shout out to uh, Rafael Guerrero for scoring uh, the third goal in two games. Has now eight goals and uh, yeah, two more and he will be the fourth in double figures. So um, not bad. Also nice to know that uh, in, in such a game, basically the two wingbacks decided. So um, yeah, I, I like that Dortmund goals are coming from various different positions right now, which really is, is a sign of strength. So, yeah, very, very happy with that overall. And, uh, of course, the one big worry coming out of this game are the Achilles problems with Mats Hummels. But he already said that uh, it's not a concern for the Bayern game. But, uh, you know, it's always easy said. Maybe he starts against Bayern but then has to go off again. You never know. Uh, but uh, Emre Can at least showed that he is more than capable of uh, 
replacing him, but uh, it's always a different thing if you go up against uh, the best attackers of the Bundesliga. So, uh, yeah, I, I just hope that Hummels is fine. But, uh, yeah, it was a very important win. Otherwise, uh, that would have sort of uh, killed the narrative a little bit. And obviously, with uh, Leverkusen and Leipzig also in the win co column this uh, match day, you have to pick up the points or you'll quickly, you'll quickly find yourself in uh, fifth place and so that really goes to show that the pressure is on from both sides for Dortmund so uh, yeah no time to rest easy so Matthias um, I think we can talk about Mario Götze uh, well not announcing but Michael talk announcing that Mario Götze won't uh, continue his contract on the next week's episode because we really don't have the time so uh, let's just move on to the game against Bayern which is on Tuesday night and I guess highly anticipated um, I would say this on the outset. Um, I said before the Revier Derby that uh, the lack of atmosphere or the lack of fans might actually be a plus for Dortmund in the sense that uh, the expectation and negative pressure that might come from the stands in this particular game uh, is positive for Dortmund. But uh, I think uh, not having your fans backing you against Bayern because uh, the uh, outside it's just a little bit different and uh, Dortmund fans know they're not the favorites in this one so uh, the atmosphere is a bit more supportive I guess uh, is I think uh, the biggest disadvantage you can have at, in, in any game in the Bundesliga so uh, missing the yellow wall and, and everyone else for the Bayern game is, is a massive massive loss so um, yeah I I don't know how, how that changes the dynamic but uh I, I really do believe that without the home crowd, Dortmund are dealt a big blow. Uh, I don't know how you see it. Well, I mean, it's it's hard to say, but I mean, the last few years, Dortmund um, actually performed very well at home against Bayern. So you could, you know, naturally think that that is part of it. Now that that's taken completely out of context uh, when you look at where Bayern was at a given time or Dortmund. I think obviously it's the type of match where the crowd uh, can help Dortmund. Uh, they can hurt the communication. Granted, they can hurt the communication on the Dortmund side as well because if you're <laughs> loud and you can't hear anything, it's the same 22 players on the same pitch dealing with the same conditions. Um, and as such, yeah, I think uh, I, I don't think it's a massive blow for Dortmund to not have it there. Uh, I think it was a, a bigger blow for, say, Union Berlin. Uh, in that case against Bayern, but um, it's just both teams are so professional that, um, you know, it, I think the, the hindrance isn't so much that it'll necessarily help Dortmund, but it might, the crowd may have hindered Bayern a little bit, but even then, I just don't think Bayern are that affected by crowds anymore at this point with this squad. Uh, they're just getting the job done. I think what hurts Dortmund a little bit more is the fact that if you look at the two matches, uh, Dortmund really weren't challenged defensively. Um, now, you can also say the same thing of Bayern. Uh, you know, they, they had a rel two relatively easy matches. I mean, yes, Frankfurt did score against them. Um, you know, they they just... 
ran it down professionally. You can kind of say the same thing of Dortmund. At least Dortmund got challenged a little bit by Wolfsburg in a pressing and aggression sense. Um, so it's, it's you know, Roman Bürki didn't really get pressured. Uh, I think Manuel Neuer actually had to do more in the Bayern goal in these two matches than Bürki did. I mean, I think he had Bürki, to pick up the, the ball out of the net yeah, two times. That's so. true. That's true. And I think Bürki only got one save yeah, in one these two matches. Target. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's that's hard to say. So, again, I'm not that concerned about the crowd. The one thing I am concerned with, uh, and it kind of goes back to the Wolfsburg match, Piszczek had a lot of heavy touches. A lot of heavy touches. And uh, he kind of got away with it against Wolfsburg because, again, their tactic was long ball over the top or cross. And you still had two central defenders to mop up. That's not how Bayern are going to play. And a loss of possession in a position like that, if an Alfonso Davies picks it up with his pace and skill, and then the players ahead and around him with their movement, I think uh, there will be significantly more punishment dealt. So Pischek has to tighten that up a lot because it was pretty sloppy at times against Wolfsburg. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Alfonso Davis right now is absolutely on fire. And we, we already saw it in the uh, previous fixture, which uh, Bayern won for nothing. Um, you know, this will be a nightmarish day for Hakimi because uh, Hakimi will not be able to use his pace like he usually does because there's someone who's actually faster than him, which I think really happens this one time in the calendar or two times. And uh, Lukas Piszczek obviously uh, does not have the pace either and is easily overrun on that side. So, uh, you know, this is a concern and there are no perfect solutions there because you can't just uh, tweak the team in, in a way that, that you sort of uh, compensate for it. There's just not a perfect solution. So it's just a weakness that Dortmund have and sort of have to deal with or just need to have some luck that A, Davis either has a bad game or uh, his his passes that, that uh, are crossed or cut back into the box don't uh, find someone. But uh, knowing how well Bayern uh, actually, uh, you know, position themselves in the box and around it, uh, that's obviously always going to be a long day. Bayern right now are the best attack in the Bundesliga with 80 goals. Uh, Dortmund are obviously not far behind and uh, they have the second best defense uh, with 28 goals or uh, just one goal of Leipzig. They have the best goal scorer with Robert Lewandowski obviously who is on 27 goals right now which is freaking amazing. Well not amazing for us but uh, in, in general it's, uh, it's a great effort and obviously they do also have the best assister right now with Thomas Müller who is pipping Jane Sancho with one assist at 17 right now. And Lewandowski and Sancho are both tied at 30 goals plus assists. So, um, yeah, it's 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 really a battle of the Giants, obviously, in, in many respective ways. But um, Bayern Munich obviously do edge Dortmund in, in a lot of categories. So uh, the thing is, Dortmund right now, in my book, are obviously the second best team in the Bundesliga. I think Leipzig are a good side and Leverkusen are a good side, but I think that Dortmund still is ahead of them. That being said, I still think there's quite a large gulf between Dortmund and Bayern still. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to be optimistic about this game, but I really am not. I don't know how you feel about it, but uh, if if I look at this matchup, um, you know, this, this could become a very long day for Dortmund who obviously this time have the introduction of Arling Haaland which uh, will hopefully help 
but but still it's it's a, a very good Bayern team and since Hansi Flick took over they have uh, not really uh, lost a step no and now it's just lost a step they've gained like five <laughs> uh, I mean it shows a how good of a coach Hansi Flick is which uh, a lot of people knew already I mean he was kind of the expected successor of Yogi Löw and I think would have done a good job there which could still happen um, that that could be the next step for for Hansi Flick, Flick after Bayern, and it wouldn't actually shock me. Um, the concerns I have really hinge on a few key positions. It's a is Mats Hummels going to play? Uh, if Mats Hummels plays, okay, I'm I'm a little bit calmer. If um, we get a Chan Witzel double pivot, I become an even a bigger step calmer but that's really but that's really where it then stops obviously if Jaden Sancho can play uh and I would start him ahead of Torgan Hazard with Brandt in behind Holland uh then I think things get really really interesting because you can attack certain weak points of Bayern the key thing for me and I alluded to it with Pischek I think it would be a completely different game if Zagadou would be able to play. Because uh, with Zagadou on the left and Akanji on the right, Akanji, the one thing I'm not worried about with him is being beaten for pace very often because he's an extremely fast central defender. Uh, we saw that against Bremen where Rashika just barreled against him over and over and over again and just couldn't get past him with his pace. So that, that would help Hakimi a little bit, but obviously that's not the case. So we're going to have... We're, we deal with that back line that there is. And that's that's the area of concern that I have, that they're going to have to overcompensate on that side. And then the other side of the pitch and Lewandowski have a little bit more room to work. Uh, and that's why I would like to see a Witzel and Chan combo. Or if Witzel can't go, then Chan and Delaney. Uh, I wouldn't really want Dahoot in that situation because of those errant passes. And I'd be concerned that... He's the type of player that doesn't do that well in the big match, which this is. And I obviously I have this flashing image of him missing a golden scoring chance in Munich against Bayern in the Zagadou meltdown match. Uh, so <laughs> that's that 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 would be a, a concern of mine. I'm not. I don't think Dortmund are going to get blown out of the stadium. I think it's very reasonable to think that they're going to lose. Um, I It's going to be very hard for me to pick a loss because it's against Bayern and I just really don't like them that much. Um, but I'm, I'm not as nervous. Well, let's just put it this way. I'll let you know how nervous I am before kickoff when I see the lineup. <laughs> yeah, I think that will determine a lot, really. Um I, you know, one of the most interesting battles, if we get to see them, it's going to be Emre Can against uh, Joshua Kimmich because both are players that um, feed on the emotion, really. And uh, Kimmich is, you know, he has perfected the technique of being angry about nothing. You know, maybe he is uh, making petty stuff up like Michael Jordan was. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, he's always really angry. And for some reason... That uh, fuels his uh, way of playing football and uh, makes him more successful. And Emre Can, I think, is similar. So um, there can be some very crunching tackles to be expected. So, uh, you know, if, if these two face off, I uh, would not be surprised if we see one, two, three, four yellow cards or something. 
in 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 this matchup alone so uh they could both be sent off um but yeah i'm 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 intrigued to see whether uh tiago can play or not um against frankfurt he had to miss injured um and uh, goretzka replaced him obviously if you have tiago and Kimmich, this is a very capable double pivot and uh, i'm also not entirely sure whether jerome boateng will play because he looked a bit you know gingerly at the end of the frankfurt game uh, when he was subbed off so um you know but i mean they, they have lucas hernandez and, and uh, javi martinez and, and whatnot uh, to slot in next to david alaba and probably some capable defender i just forgot and then with pavar and davis on the uh, fullback positions i think you have uh, more than capable players And then obviously playing Müller on the number 10 position behind Lewandowski is uh, never a bad idea. Um, Bayern started against uh, Frankfurt with Perisic and Coman, but I definitely expect Serge Gnabry to get a start in this one. And uh, he obviously also knows how to hurt Dortmund and uh, is a very intelligent, very pacey player. So um, yeah, there's really a lot going to roll at this at this Dortmund defense. So um, yeah, for, for Dortmund it really is... Uh, more than anything, I think about confidence. Uh, this is what Mats Hummels and everyone else talked about. The games at the Allianz Arena, uh, I think at the uh, Westfalen, it's been a bit different in the past. But obviously, uh, you cannot allow yourself to just so get pushed into too deep because then Bayern just play the ball around until they find the gap. And uh, as Dortmund know, they always will. So um, Dortmund really have to play with courage and press Bayern a lot. And uh, I'm really interested in how um, Bayern will play with the high line because if if they do that and uh, things, uh, you know, are not as crisp in their pressing as they showed against Frankfurt, which I will just not assume will happen against Dortmund. But if it does, uh, then Dortmund obviously have a lot of ways to to hurt Bayern. So um, yeah, I'll still say this is Bayern's to lose, but nevertheless, um, it's. It's a very intriguing matchup because, uh, you know, if you have a Jane Sancho and uh, Torgen Hazard and Julian Brandt and, and all these players, you, you know that Dortmund, at least in theory, should uh, be more than capable to really hurt Bayern in ways that other teams just cannot do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they are the best team in the Bundesliga and uh, Dortmund just have to... Realize that, hopefully not give them too much space and not sit too deep and be too passive because then I think uh, uh, it'll be at least three, four goals. Yeah, I think overall we will see a lot of goals. So I'm, if you know, I'm not a betting man, but, you know, if I had to pick, I'd say there there will be at least five goals in this game. I can see like a 3-2 or a 4-2 or some, something like that along the lines. I, I really think that... Uh, Defending will not look good on either side, really, because both teams really do have their strengths in in, in attack. And Bayern are obviously very great at uh, regaining possession very quickly. I think they do that very well, but uh, once they do not, they are sometimes in trouble. And, uh, I mean, they usually play with a very risky positional play where when it works out, it's, it's super successful. But uh, obviously, when it doesn't, uh, they are exposed. So... Um, The, the job for Arling Haaland really is to um, get in behind Bayern's backline. But just, you know, someone needs to pass the ball in a way that Manuel Neuer is just too late. And uh, if these two clash and, uh, you know, Neuer gets booked and sent off or something like that, 
um, you know, this this could be absolutely a key to win. And uh, I think uh, even Manuel Neuer has a habit of uh, getting these things wrong, and especially against Arling Haaland, uh, you know, coming off the line and, and being the sweeper-keeper can go very wrong. So this is something I'm looking forward to and hope there may, might be one or two moments where we'll see that. I think Paco Alcázar had that moment against uh, Manuel Neuer not too long ago, but then missed the open goal. Um, I wouldn't be so sure about Arling Haaland missing. So, uh, yeah, this is this is certainly one of the matchups I'm obviously looking for. And uh, Julian Brandt really needs to have a very good game on, on the ball. And, uh, you know, with, with his passing and his uh, free-flowing role, um, really needs to trouble this Bayern backline and also, uh, you know, <laughs> re re really get Joshua Kimmich a little bit angrier just to just rile him up and, and force him to do something stupid. So these are sort of the key matchups that I'm personally hoping for. Do you have any other key matchups that you're hoping for? We've already discussed that uh, the uh, wingbacks might be in trouble, uh, at least on the right side. Rafael Guerrero probably will have an easier day against Pavard. So uh, any other matchups you foresee? No, I think uh, we've we've kind of talked about all of the ones that are going to be key for both sides. Uh, if I was Bayern, I would try to stretch the play a little bit. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily something they like to do, but if you would stretch Dortmund given the natural lack of width and then look back to the inside where you have those quality players, I think that's the that's an area where Dortmund will then massively struggle uh, with or without three central defenders. So, I mean, I guess maybe that, that does help. And the advantage that Dortmund have with Holland is that he's not Vikos or Ginchek. He has pace, a lot of it. And so that, I think, can all, all play into their hands. But, uh, yeah, to me, it's all going to come down to does Hummels play and who is the central pivot. And that, for me, will determine a win or loss even before the whistle gets blown. All right, so then uh, do your prediction. Um, I I do agree with you that there could be quite a few goals. Uh, I It's so hard for me to, to tip a loss for Dortmund right now. They're playing relatively well, so is Bayern. So how about a very diplomatic and unsatisfying two-all draw? Yeah, that sounds very good. And uh, I, I, I think, you know... I feel like this is going to be lost, but just for the sake of it, I'm going to predict a 3-2 win, but I will do this with an asterisk, just as you said, because uh, if uh, Emre Can and Axel Witzel Me and I, Emre, fantastic. are the double pivot, then uh, I think Dortmund uh, have a real shot at, at winning this, and then we will, we will really have a title race on our hands, and if that is the case, we will discuss the run-in on the next episode. So that's something to look forward to, I guess, because Bayern still, I think, play Leverkusen and Gladbach and Dortmund still have to play Leipzig and Hoffenheim. So, uh, yeah, a lot of things to look forward to. Anyway, Matthias, I think uh, this very short Sunday, well, morning show or noon show uh, wraps it up. So please tell our listeners where to find you on the Twitter webs. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Matthias Suk, and I'm glad I didn't get too much hate for my Weston McKinney <laughs> trash talk. <laughs>
Well, I mean, he was subbed off today again, and he was very poor, so uh, you weren't that far off. Maybe the wrong... Vindication! Yeah, maybe maybe not the the best word, but but still, it was utter weak sauce from Weston McKinney yet again. Anyway, you can find me at Stefan Butzko and all of us on Facebook and Twitter at YellowWallPod. And if you want to read our written content, please, after the game, check out the uh, post-match interviews and whatnot theyellowwall.net is the place to go where you will also find all the ways to subscribe to our show which is youtube soundcloud itunes stitcher spotify amazon google and all the other ones and the rss feed for your podcatcher is also linked there so uh, please go ahead and if you want to be a patron and support us financially go to patreon.com slash theyellowwall every dollar helps so um thank you everyone out there for listening thank you all to our patrons for supporting us and uh, really hope Dortmund does not let us down against Bayern yet again so with that have a good week and we will be back on Thursday I guess so thanks for listening and goodbye